Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, the Church remembers and gives thanks to God for St. Barnabas the Apostle. Barnabas was born Joses, or Joseph, and was a Levite from the island of Cyprus. He is considered one of the early followers of Jesus and is often mentioned in the lists of the 70 which Jesus sent out in our Gospel lesson. In Acts 4, it says that when Barnabas sold his land and laid the money at the feet of the apostles so that they might care for the poor among them is when he was first called Barnabas, which means son of consolation or son of encouragement. After the martyrdom of Stephen, many of the Christians in Jerusalem who were able to fled to the surrounding cities. Wherever they went, they preached Jesus as the promised Messiah and salvation by faith in him to their fellow Jews in those places. But in Antioch, which is in Syria, some from Cyrus, some from Cyprus, preached also to the Gentiles. As Barnabas was from Cyprus, the apostles sent him to Antioch to investigate. When he came and had seen the grace of God, Luke writes in Acts, he was glad and encouraged them that with purpose of heart they should continue in the Lord. After going to fetch Paul from Tarsus, and with Paul delivering aid to the church in Jerusalem, and to bring them the news of what was happening, Barnabas and Paul remained in Antioch with a number of others and became the prominent teachers there. It was at that time when Paul and Barnabas were set aside by the Holy Spirit to be apostles for the work which he would have them do. Thus, Paul's first missionary journey began with Barnabas at his side. After first going to Barnabas' homeland of Cyprus, they then went to Asia Minor, which is in modern-day Turkey. It was there at a different Antioch, not to confuse things, but a different Antioch in the region of Pisidia, that our epistle lesson takes place. When Barnabas and Paul first went to that synagogue on the first Sabbath they were there, they were invited to speak. And so they addressed the synagogue and preached Jesus as the fulfillment of the promises which God made to Israel, showing from the scriptures how he was the Messiah, saying, Through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins, and by him everyone who believes is justified from all the things which you could not be justified by the law of Moses." At hearing this, many of them followed them, both Jew and Gentile converts to Judaism. The Jews rejoiced that the Messiah had come and that God was fulfilling his promises. The Gentile converts rejoiced in the forgiveness of sins and justification by faith. These ones especially were moved by the gospel. 
they had been separated from their families in order to undergo the preparations, trainings, and rites to become Jewish, and after being impressed by their way of life and hearing the word of God. This conversion would mean not only fulfilling the law of Moses, but also the pharisaical laws that were added to it under the name of the tradition of the elders. Some of those included not eating with non-Jews. You can see how that would have separated these converts from their neighbors and families. But now they hear that Jesus has fulfilled everything. They hear that in his name is the forgiveness of sins, and they hear that they do not need to justify themselves, and indeed they cannot, but that God has and will justify them through faith in Jesus, and through him they will have peace with God and life in communion with him that relies on God's faithfulness rather than their own works. This was good news indeed for them. And these men and women would have ran to their homes, to their friends, to their families, to their neighbors, and told them about Jesus. Told them that they too could have peace with God through him and the forgiveness of sins. This intrigued many of the Gentiles in Pisidian Antioch. They already held the Jewish people in high esteem because of their ethical lives. And soon the city was full of people talking about what Barnabas and Paul were preaching. So it was by the time of the next Sabbath, the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Not only the Jews, not only the proselytes and God-fearers, but the whole city came together to the synagogue to hear the word of God. What a blessing of God, that the word spread so far and so quickly among the people that they hunger and thirst to hear more of it, and they gather in order to do so. Moreover, we must remember that there was no such thing as a weekend at that time. Those that came to the synagogue to hear the word of God did so because they judged that as being more important than any other work that they had to do that day. Commerce would have stopped as people left their shops in order to hear the word of God. Only by God's blessing and the work of the Holy Spirit through the, that first word that they heard could such a thing happen. The whole city came together to hear the word of God. Paul and Barnabas then preached the gospel of Jesus to them. They proclaimed that the scriptures, from the scriptures, that by his death, he has taken away sin, and by his resurrection, he has brought justification to all who believe in him, both Jew and Gentile, clean and unclean. But, but, when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Those who last week rejoiced to hear the good news of the promised Messiah were filled with joy at the message that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that all the promises given to the patriarchs and through the prophets had been fulfilled, now were filled with envy. Those who were filled with peace the week before now were filled with jealousy inflamed by passion. Last week, they begged Paul and Barnabas to stay and speak some more. 
but now they contradicted them, opposed the things spoken by Paul, and blasphemed Jesus. Why the change? Various people try to figure out some way to explain it. Maybe there were rabbis that during the week were afraid of losing their place of prominence, and so they riled up the people. It makes sense, but we see no evidence of that in the text. Others say that maybe they were worried about the Jewish character of their synagogue being changed. But that's not the case either. There were already in this synagogue God-fearers, that is, Gentiles that had converted to become Jewish and be part of the synagogue. We don't need to go far and beyond the text to find the reason. We don't need to make anything up. It's right there in the text. When the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. When they saw the multitudes of the Gentiles, they were filled with envy, and this comes from plain sinfulness. This envy comes from a rejection of the multitudes, as they realized that this gospel, this good news, was for them too. That they too would be saved by Jesus through faith in him and not by their works. They are saved in the same way those dirty, pig-eating Gentiles that yesterday defiled us by contact? Those with no prophets, no lineage, no connection to one of the tribes of Israel who are not sons of Abraham as we are, who do not possess the glorious promises of God, and this promise of salvation is offered freely to them too? It should have filled them with joy that the Gentiles were also being offered God's salvation, and that they too could join in this fellowship and life with him. But it did not. In place of this joy was envy that was once theirs alone is shared with others. This was at its root the dislike of established church members unwilling to let a large number of outsiders share the blessings and prerogatives that they once alone enjoyed. May God save us from such as this. When the Jews reacted in this way, the apostles, Paul and Barnabas, are made bold by the Holy Spirit to speak a hard word of truth to them. It was necessary, they say, that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles, for so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as been appointed to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout the region. It was necessary that the word of God should be preached to you first. Yes, necessary. For as Paul writes years later of the Jews in his epistle to the Romans, to them pertains the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the services of God, and the promises, of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who was over all the eternally blessed God. It was necessary that they hear the gospel first, for they were God's people, and he would have them receive this word with joy, that they would receive his Savior, whom he appointed for their salvation. Yet 
these Jews in Pisidian Antioch rejected that word, and so they judged themselves unworthy of everlasting life. How heavy that sentence is. This judgment did not come from God, but it came from themselves. God sent his Son not to condemn them, but to save them. As our Lord said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It was, it, in this way, it can be said that God has judged all the world worthy of everlasting life, not because of anything in anyone, but because Jesus Christ has died for the sins of all people. Out of grace and because of the love of, and because of the love of God, the Son of God became incarnate, took on flesh so that he might die for the sins of the world, the sins of the whole world, not just some, not a few, but of all. God does not hate anything that he's made, but loves it and desires all to be saved. And so the gospel is set before and preached to all people. It is proclaimed to all because God desires all to live. He desires all to come to the knowledge of truth and be saved. According to our own merits, we're not worthy of life. We're unworthy, supremely unworthy. But we're not saved by our merits, but we're, but we're saved by the person and work of Jesus Christ, who is the worthy Lamb of God, and for his sake, salvation is offered freely to all people, to you, to me, to all. Yet through God in Christ, yet although God in Christ has judged all worthy of life, some, like those in our epistle today, have taken it upon themselves to be judge in place of God. And they, through rejecting the word of God, judge themselves to be unworthy. God holds before them forgiveness, life, and salvation for Jesus' sake, and they say, no thank you. They thrust it away, and so judge themselves unworthy of life. God says, I have given my son to die for you so that you may live, and they say, no, I don't need that. God says you are worthy of this love that I have sent my son, and they judge themselves unworthy. To judge oneself unworthy of life is a harsh sentence. In Christ Jesus is where we find our worthiness of life. He has done all that is necessary. He has fulfilled the law of Moses. He has taken our sin upon himself and died to make atonement for it. Yes, we're not worthy in and of ourselves, but let us not judge ourselves unworthy by rejecting the word, but rather proclaim his worthiness and rely upon God's judgment in Christ and his justifying us by grace received through faith in him. Behold, says Saints Paul and Barnabas, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed, 
and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. The word of God will always accomplish the task for which God has sent it. And here we see many come to faith even as others abandon it. The word of the Lord, the gospel, is glorified by the Gentiles who hear that this salvation is even for them. All those who did not reject this word did not harden their hearts against the Spirit's work, believed according to the will of God, and as a result, the word continued to spread. <clears throat> the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for the salvation of the ends of the earth. This prophecy from Isaiah, if we were paying attention, is not about Paul or Barnabas, but about Jesus Christ. It says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, and I will hold your hand. I will give you as a covenant to the people and as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison and those who sit in the prison house. And Simeon, in his prophetic song, the Nunc, the Nunc Dimittis, which we sing every Sunday after communion, calls the infant Jesus a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles in the glory of your people Israel. Yet Paul and Barnabas say the Lord has commanded us. Did they not know? Or were they teaching falsely? Not at all. For they understood that this was about Jesus Christ, but they also understood that they were members of Jesus' body. They knew that they belonged to Jesus Christ, and they knew that as Jesus is the light to the Gentiles, and that he is for salvation to the ends of the earth. Since this is about Jesus, and since they are his members, they seek to bring this light of Christ to the nations. They reason Christ is to bring light to the Gentiles, and we are his members, so we shall bring his light to them. And so, as members of Christ's body, they brought his light with them as they went and proclaimed Jesus Christ and his gospel of forgiveness of sins for his sake received by faith. Thus they turned to the Gentiles to bring light to them. But they did not stop going to the synagogues. They continued to seek them out in every place where they went to preach the good news of Jesus as the fulfillment of the scriptures. But they also more purposefully went to the Gentiles, seeking them out so that they might call them to repentance of their sins and to faith in Jesus Christ, who has died to take away sins and bring everlasting life to all who believe. And so the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. And even as they were driven out of the city and had to go elsewhere, the disciples that remained in Pisidian Antioch were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They were joyful because the promises of God and the forgiveness of sins and the sure and certain hope of the resurrection, even in the midst of persecution. And just as Paul and Barnabas bore the light of Christ to the Gentiles because they were members of his body, so we too bear the same light. As members of his body, the church, we share in all the blessings and benefits of Christ, and we are partakers of his life and light through faith. 
As we bear this light, we manifest it through works of love and charity and service to our neighbors and through giving an answer to the hope that is within us. Those first Gentile converts that heard Barnabas and Paul were likewise filled with this light of Christ as they took it to their neighbors and their friends and families and said, Come and hear about Jesus. Hear about what he has done for me and for you. Come on the Sabbath and hear. In this way, they brought the light of Christ to their neighbors. In this and their preaching, Barnabas and Paul brought the light of Christ to the Gentiles. And in this and in our works of love, we likewise bring the light of Christ to those for whom Christ died, so that they might know his love and the salvation which he has won for them. In the end, Barnabas would return to Cyprus to preach the gospel, to bring this good news to his kindred people. There he received the crown of martyrdom, being faithful unto death. May God fill us with the same holy zeal, that we may be bold to confess Jesus before all and bear his light to those around us without fear. May he keep us steadfast in this true faith until death, that by his grace we may come at last to the promised inheritance of eternal life. And there join Barnabas and all the saints in praising God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who has loved us and saves us by his grace. Amen. And now may the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen. <laughs>